It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Coming to you live. This is the Wrestling 411. Keeping the wrestling. Community locked down with the latest news and coverage tighter than any pinning combination. This is the 411 Wrestling 411. This is the 411 Wrestling 411. Light speed coverage like electrical bolts. We up 24 7 like a heartbeat's pulse. And this the 411. If you want the results, if it happens on the map, then we gotta report. And this is wrestling, man, the realest sport that's around. And if you didn't know, about it. This is how it's going down. International coverage to them NCAAs. Everything on demand, and you can have it your way with the latest recruits, ranking spoken interviews. Who, what, when, and where with the latest on the news? Want a technique tip or something really entertaining? Here's a double life class that'll keep you motivated. Got you training like a madman, getting it done on how to break him and take him until you make it number one. Coming fresh up off the press, you about to get some. And on to the wrestling 411. This is the 411 Wrestling 411 This is the 411 Wrestling 411 Welcome to Wrestling 411 Radio I'm Kyle Klingman joined by Jason Bryant and with us today is an outstanding American he's also an outstanding asset to the sport of wrestling his name's Steve Silver he's with us how are you today Steve I'm doing good thank you well, first of all, congratulations on this prestigious award from the National Wrestling Hall of Fame and Museum in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Outstanding American, you were given this award recently. Your thoughts on receiving this award and what it means to you? I was really, really happy to um, receive the award. Um, when when they first called me, a little apprehensive because I thought I had to give a speech in front of about 500 people. So um, that, that would have been my first speech, I think, ever. So I was a little apprehensive about that, but they... They um, kind of changed the format this year where they, they come and do a video and you really only have to talk for a minute or two. So I was more comfortable with that and, and became more excited after that point. But uh, it, it means a lot to me um, to, you know, they only pick one of them a year and um, I'm, I'm always uh, trying to drive my kids to do better and, you know, encourage them to get better grades and, you know, do better in wrestling and accomplish this and accomplish that. And of course, I have, um, you know, 500 employees that you know trying to get to accomplish things so you know it's a big accomplishment for me so that i can you know something that i can kind of give back to my kids and my kids can you know be be proud of me too surprised you were nervous about the speech i could see you dropping a pretty good speech steve <laughs> well i you know i, I definitely uh was working at i, I received the uh, the hall of fame for section five in new york where i wrestled um about a month before that, and I was going to politely decline it, but I figured I needed the the practice. So, um, you know, they say that 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 fear of speaking is is uh, second to the fear of death, but it's the other way around for me. I don't know, <laughs> but I, don't I got know. I got through it, and um, you know, that, that's the thing with wrestling. It, you, you know, it keeps pushing it to a higher level. If it wasn't for wrestling, I wouldn't have had to give these two speeches, and I wouldn't have had to 
Um, you know, I went and worked with a speech coach for, you know, four or five hours and, you know, um, I'm a better person for it. And I think that wrestling does that for us in so many different ways. Steve, you also have a unique past, and the thing that stands out to me is that you went to the University of Alabama, and Alabama's not a state known for its wrestling. Tell us about that journey a little bit on how you got to Alabama and what it was like uh, being a part of that. I wrestled at Spenceport High School in New York State, and uh, Spenceport uh, year after year has always been a good um, a, a good high school in New York, and we always received a lot of scholarships from that from that high school. We were we were all recruited. If you know if you were a, a sectional champ or two time sectional champ, um, and I was a three time finalist, two time champion. That we, we got you got a lot of letters from colleges, and you had a lot of opportunity to wrestle afterwards. Um, basically, there's only um, there's ten. There's 11 sectional champs per per um, weight class, so that puts you in the top 100 and something kids in the state. So if you that you would get recruited. So um, I, and at that time, the SEC recruited a lot of kids out of New York and Ohio, and there were so many college programs that there was more opportunity. So I got recruited by the University of Alabama. Um, there was already probably five or six kids from New York on the team. There was plenty of New York kids at LSU. And um, I think Kentucky too had some, and and so I, you know, that's what I decided I wanted. Kind of thought I wanted to do. Actually, let me go back one step. I had already decided I didn't want to go to college, and I wanted to stay in um, in uh, Spencerport area. And I took a job at um, Kodak. I worked at Eastman Kodak. My father worked there. My grandfather worked there. My brother worked there. I think they had sixty to a hundred thousand employees there at, at the time, and um, it was a great opportunity. If I had gone to college and graduated, I would have had a hard time getting the job that I had gotten when I was 18 years old there. So I took that opportunity, um, mostly because I didn't want to leave my girlfriend. But I took that opportunity and um, worked at um, Kodak for three years. And the whole time I was there, uh, the, the older guys there, that, that had um, they all knew that I wrestled and they followed wrestling in the Rochester area. It was always in the newspaper, um, you know, how, how kids were doing, and they would – Kind of, they kind of convinced me that I'd made the, you know, the biggest mistake of my life, and it, it wore on me. And um, and my my girlfriend and I, that didn't work out. So there I was. I said, man, I, I made a big mistake. And I called up uh, Coach Tanner at Alabama, and I said, I'd like to, I really like to wrestle. And um, he said, come on down. I can't give you a scholarship, but you know, you can walk on. So I went down and um, walked on the first year, and and Coach paid for my next two years, but. That's that's how that's how I got down there. Well, in terms of Alabama coach, uh, as far as the Alabama coach and the staff that was there, what are some who are some interesting personalities that are on that team that maybe the wrestling community might know their names but not realize they wrestled at Alabama? Um, the one, you know, Jeff Levitatz, who's uh, outstanding American and a team leader, and um, from um, Chicago, he was on the team. Uh, Russ Cozart, who had that streak in Florida forever i'm sure most people know who russ is there's a guy named bob walker that i believe made uh made some some um big teams i'm not sure where he went on the world or whatever but he he was there ronnie winnie um was from my high school he left there went to brockport and became an all-american a division one all-american when they used to let the other um classes into that tournament 
and um, Pat Milkovich came my sophomore year, and he he coached us. Um, he was, you know, he was he was the the main. He wasn't the head coach, but he was the head assistant. He really ran the program, and he he was a tremendous coach, a very good coach, and he was doing some very good recruiting, and um, and really taking us to another level. And then in our third year, they decided because of Title IX to drop the program. But I really think that Alabama. I don't think they ever had an All-American, but I think that they were on the verge. And his brother was the coach. Um, Tom Milkovich was the coach at Auburn. And he had he had um, grown that program, I believe, to a top-ten program. And LSU was in the top five, I believe, when they dropped theirs. Kevin Jackson was there. But the SEC um, had a lot of talent. Um, the Carr brothers were all um, at Kentucky. So there, there was a lot of talent that was being brought down from PA, New York, Ohio, from Florida. And, and Tennessee um, was very right, strong at the time, too. It's not big in Alabama, but they were, of course, recruiting from all over the place. Let's talk about Texas. Here's a state that has been getting some guys that have made a name for themselves right now. Tervel Delagnum just made a world team. Brandon Slay is now with USA Wrestling. You just received the Outstanding American Award. What is it going to take to get a college program in the state of Texas? Hey, I gotta I gotta throw Randy Miller in there too. Randy Miller, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't know. I I went down and I talked to the um, um, AD at University of Texas. He he was very receptive. He invited us in, spent a long time with us, bought our lunch, and um, you know sent me a thank you a nice thank you note going over some of the stuff. He wasn't resistant to it. Um. I don't know what it, I don't know what it would take at, at Texas. In, in my heart, I think that it would probably take if um, I could get another appointment and if I could get Coach Smith and maybe the AD from Oklahoma State to go down there and explain it to him. Um, he, he's a great guy, and uh, it was funny we were talking about wrestling, and he said um, that he knows about wrestling and that he um, that he coached a wrestling class when he was working at um, Kansas. Um, at the at the university there, he taught a wrestling class, and he said, "Hey, my my roommate wrestled." And I said, "Oh yeah, who was that?" And he said, "Joe Say." So I think he has an understanding of it. It's um, slightly. You know, what, what prevents it's the politics. It's the politics that prevents it. It's all it's the Title Nine that um, he has to find a way. That's the that's the problem. He want. I think he has nothing against it. I think he'd like to. It's not a money problem. Well, Steve, one thing we, we know that you were the team leader for the last Olympic cycle, and, and I know personally I, I benefited from your generosity in being able to go to the World Championships in 2007. What caused all of this, uh, basically your, I guess, philanthropy would be a good term, Kyle, maybe, yeah, or your definitely. generosity when it comes to wrestling? When did this start, and, and what really triggered it? Oh, I mean, I think it started when I started making um, – more money than you know I basically needed just to get by and you see when, when you're rest when you're a wrestler and you're in the wrestling community you see so many opportunities where these kids could get up one more level uh, a kid at Bishop Lynch could if he could just um, you know stay there through the course that you know he could go to uh, we got a kid going to West Point that um, came over there and we got um, two kids that went to Duke last year. And sometimes uh, I think the, the, the lift up that somebody needs is so small. Um, you know, it seems like a lot of the time, you know, $500 or a thousand dollars or a ticket or, or, you know, whatever you you do for a kid, it seems like, you know, a lot of the time, but it, it, I've just seen it. Um, 
pay such big dividends down the road. I, uh, this is a short, uh, small little story. I, I used to do baseball. My three boys had a baseball team for each one of my boys, and I was I was contributing money to the baseball teams and to the boys. And um, I always contributed what what I thought was, you know, probably a little bit too much. And um, now two of the teams have graduated, you know, from high school and gone on. So of those 40 kids, I, I just learned the other day that seven of those kids are now have or are playing in the major leagues, which is an astounding fact. Um, there's a couple lawyers that are writing a book about it. My point being, I thought it was a lot of money at the time, and now as I look back, I wish I would have done more. I had no idea that we would have been that successful and that we would have changed that many lives and made that that much opportunity for so many kids. It just um, it just floors me. You have a long-standing connection with Kenny Monday, Team Monday, which is part of uh, your organization. Kenny Monday lives in Texas. What is Kenny Monday, who was an Olympic champion in 1988, what is he doing for the landscape in Texas? He, he's, brought a, he's brought a lot of um, exposure. Um, everywhere Kenny goes, people ask him what he's doing. And, you know, he's coaching in Texas, and it, it just gives us um, some legitimacy that that he would consider coming down here and and coaching and it says a lot that he's been here 10 years now that you know he must he must um, believe in the work that he's doing and he must um, think that there's a place for him here so i it it, it really helped a lot it, it, you know it took us it jumped us up five levels the day he got here the things that were impossible for a guy for me to do, like me to do um even with my passion and and having the money to do the things I wanted to do, um, he he could overcome obstacles overnight by just by picking up the phone with you know his credibility. You have a son currently wrestling for Oklahoma State, Luke. Uh, you know what's it been like having him at Oklahoma State, and what uh, what can you tell us about John Smith that might be interesting? Uh, it's. It's it's aged me about five years him being at Oklahoma State for one year. So it's um it's 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 tough up there. You know, it's tough to make the team, and when you make the team, they wrestle a very tough schedule. And um, I've I've known John for um, quite a while before Luke went there, and um, and um, you know it's when your kid's wrestling there, it's you know it's different um, because just because you're you're wanting to see your kid start and and you're wanting to see him do better and now he's his coach not his not not his dad's friend and now they have a closer relationship than me and luke did so you know if i if i want to talk to luke you know he 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 defers all his his wrestling information to his coach and you know they have that relationship so it's it's different i'd say with john um that that i think that's that a lot of people don't realize about john he comes across as kind of aloof and and um you know to himself but the, the, I just, from being around the guy, he just thinks like he's always thinking of a way to win or thinking of a way to get better or, or trying to see an opportunity. And he's, you know, he, he just writes pages and pages of notes. He's, he's a, you know, he's a smart, smart guy and a smart wrestler. And, and, um, it's just, um, been a lot of fun to be around him and see his, his patience. And he's always positive and you can just see that, that, 24 hours a day he's calculating how to win and that that's that's just been that's been impressive and 
fun to see. This he never he's never very far away from his notebook and his thoughts about you know calmly planning the next win. You talked about contributions and giving, and that's what you're most known for in this sport is your contributions and what you've given to this sport. What can you say to each of us who are listening uh, about what we can do to make sure that wrestling gets promoted the way it should? A lot of people that, that ask me, you know, that, that aren't, that they're not in a position to do anything really and say they wish they could do something. And, and I think that, a lot of what we can do is just is just show up in an event. It, when I was I was, you know, impressed with how many people showed up at the Hall of Fame. I don't think there was a seat in the house. Um, at different times at Oklahoma State, you know, I see the more fans and then less fans. And I don't think people realize that when you just show up and um, you know shake a wrestler's hand or tell him that he did a good job or or tell him that you watched him, how how much that means. Of course, it's you know it's great to go on. Um, you know, the USA Wrestling or the Hall of Fame, you, you know, they're, they're always willing to accept a 10 or $25 donation. And the, it, it means a lot. If you can donate $25 a year and, and show up at three or four events, I mean, you're, you're very important to the sport of wrestling. Steve, uh, Jason and I went down to uh, to Texas for the Division Two Nationals and they had it in Houston, and it, it was a good concept that they were able to have it there, but it seemed like a lot of the uh, the Division Two wrestling tournament kind of got lost and there wasn't really a lot of exposure there. Uh, do, do events like that, do events like the Lone Star Duels, do you think they make a difference? They, they make a difference. Um, not You'd always like to see them have more impact, but I, I personally know that um, at Lone Star Duels, um, kids that have been introduced to coaches and and have had it turned into uh, long-term relationships, you know, scholarships, et cetera, um, where just you just have the coaches and the kids there, and it's just an opportunity to say, hey, this kid's interested in going to your school, and they shake hands and they get on the list, and it's really little things like that. That's that's really how it happens. It's not like you know the college coaches combing through everybody's record in the whole United States and narrows it down. A lot of times it's just a kid comes up and shakes hands and say, man, I'd really like to go to your school. Can I fill out a form? Yeah, but I think it has an impact. The Division Two, I was I had a prior engagement that week, and I didn't get to go to that, so it's hard for me to comment. I think that um, it just it does raise the level of exposure in Texas, but it's, it's um it's an uphill battle all the time you know i, I um did the work on, did the work on that all star match and um i was a little disappointed at the attendance if it was in Ohio we would have filled the place and down here we didn't so it's, it it is in Texas it's always an uphill battle to get people to attend the events well Steve, I got a question if have you been involved with any groups in terms of trying to initiate a college program in Texas. I know there's been meetings with certain schools with outside factions. Was you involved in any of those? One one school in West Texas called me and asked for a pledge that they were going to collect all the pledges if um if they got whatever they wanted and I I was I I I um I did that. I I I pledged to them and that never got off the ground and then I you know personally went down to Texas with um um, Sean Charles and Mike Moyer, and I think that you know I wouldn't say that that's something that's going to happen, but I would I would say that that's something that could happen. And uh, besides that, I, you know A and M's always had some type of wrestling, and 
they're always kind of hanging around. But I, I don't see anything with the economy the way it is. It, it's, it's always going to be tough to get a program up and running in Texas, but we're hopeful. Um, we're hopeful, cautiously optimistic. It would be nice if it could be Texas because they would immediately be a contender, I, I think, with their um, their money and their and their drive to win at every sport they can. Steve, in our trip down to Texas, Jason made this observation that uh, there are a lot of Mexican restaurants that are authentic Mexican restaurants. If you have to say you're an authentic Mexican restaurant, are you really that authentic? I really, I really don't think so. I, and there, I think those are kind of far and few between. All, all the time I've been in Texas, the, the, I can only think of one restaurant that I would say that that is um, that has food like it's prepared in Mexico. <laughs> I think all the rest is uh, Tex-Mex. Tex-Mex. Okay, well, what's the name of that restaurant, and where can I find it? It's called um, Javier's, and it's in downtown Dallas. It's a famous restaurant. Aha! That'll note. All right, we're on our we're on our way down. Star duels next year. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna check out Javier's. We're uh, we're on our way down. Hey, want to congratulate you again on outstanding American award. Of course, it's well deserved. Uh, Both Jason and I have had uh, a great relationship with you, and we appreciate all you do for the sport and for this program. And we thank you for coming on Wrestling Four One One. Thank you, and uh, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. All right, Steve Silver. For Jason Bryant, I'm Kyle Klingman. You've been listening to Wrestling 411 Radio. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.